Welcome to the Gateworld podcast. Yo, I don't think we should talk about this. Come on, why not? People might misunderstand what we're trying to say, you know? Oh, but that's a part of life. And the radio might not want to play this record either. But everybody has sex. I know, but everybody should be making love. That's true. You know what I'm saying? Come on. Let's talk about sex, baby. You're listening to episode number 71 of the Gate World Podcast. I'm Darren. I'm David. And this is the show where two nerds talk about Stargate. We've got a third nerd coming on here in just a few minutes. FusedFilm.com's Kevin Call is going to join us to talk about our special main discussion topic this week, which is sex on SGU. But before we get to that, we want to welcome back David, who was on hiatus last week for the Thanksgiving holiday. Did you have a good time with the fam? Pretty good turkey day with the fam, so that's basically counting for my holiday this year. We're not going to have Christmas this year. Instead, I am moving back to St. Louis. Ah, oh, Christmas is canceled. Yeah, it took me a really long time to get over it, but, uh, you know, it's got to be done, so we're going to do it. Well, before we bring on Kevin, we want to talk a little bit about life and your thoughts on it. Holy cow, man, oh man. I was excited to uh, to talk through SGU episode by episode with you, so I was a little bummed when I heard that you wouldn't be able to make last week's show, because I wanted to hear your thoughts on, on all 20 episodes this season. And then you're not going to be around next week either, so we're going to have to bring on another helper to talk about justice with us next week. I enjoyed life for what it was. I thought that it was very well done. I thought that it was entertaining. It was, I think, probably the most non-Stargate episode I've seen yet yeah. on any Stargates. It was very un-Stargate, but I'm okay with that. I've been reading a lot on the forum about how people have been going about left and right, and in other countries, you know, more liberal countries than the United States, homosexuality is not an issue. But it's an eyebrow raiser for many of us here in, in the U.S., and there is no doubt that they were doing something controversial when they added a... A, uh, a homosexual character. You say you do not endorse, per se, the homosexual lifestyle. Tammy says that she does not endorse nor not endorse the homosexual lifestyle. And th that's funny because I endorse the homosexual lifestyle. So we've got three Christians here, all, all right. with differing perspectives. I have no problem with the homosexual lifestyle whatsoever, and I've been dying to say that on this podcast <laughs> for I don't know how long now. Good. Well, here's your, ch here's your chance. So here's my chance. We got a bit of criticism last week, which is which is good. I think that the conversation is a good one to have. And that's basically my point uh, when it comes to people objecting to the comments that, that Tammy and I made, or, or more specifically that I made, uh, in sort of echoing one of our callers last week. And my point at the end of the day, I think, is that uh, it's a good thing that SGU is portraying this, and it's portraying it as such a, a healthy and loving relationship. You know, it's the only relationship so far on the show that's that's not really sort of dysfunctional in some way. Probably out of the entire show, I thought, thought that her comment on that was very interesting. It seems like they're doing this relationship with gloves on, so it's the only one that's been perfect so far. But I'm not on board with the criticism that we've received that that statements like that should not even be made. That uh, that saying that that I don't endorse the, the homosexual lifestyle or however it was phrased uh, should not even have been said because then it, it brings it up and it's it's uh, bigoted or, or however you want to classify it. And because you're offending people. I hesitate to get into this too much because uh, our show is not that show. Uh, but... Uh, 
my point is that the the conversation can still be had. You know, we can have differences of opinion on this issue and listen to what the other person has to say. It's a live issue. It's something yep. that I've said on the forum a couple of times. It's uh, And the fact, the, the suggestion that I shouldn't make statements like that sounds to me like the conversation about homosexuality is not even something that we should be allowed to talk about anymore. That we should not be allowed to hold alternate opinions. Well, to say that things are off limits is very, very dangerous ground. You're seeing that a lot in our nation. With anyone with a dissenting point of view, you're automatically painted a radical and a dissenter. It's absurd. I don't know if you caught one of the Stargate Twitterers say a comment about if you don't agree with the portrayal of... uh, to beautiful people or whatever it was, the portrayal of two loving people, then I'm glad that you're not my fan. You know, I like I've already said, I agree with, with that kind of a portrayal, and I'm thrilled that it was put into the show. The gay characters on SGU. Yes, but there are some things that you should not say. There, You need to know when to speak, and you need to know when to keep your mouth shut. Because when I read that post, I had to walk away from the computer. I was seething. Mm. I couldn't believe that that was written. You know, everyone is entitled to their opinion and entitled to watch the show. And just because it's a hot-button issue, it's a liberal issue, it's a conservative issue, it's whatever, then, well, you know what? We don't want you watching anyway because we're not making the show for you. We're only making the show for our crowd. That is such horse manure as far as I'm concerned. The show is made for everyone. We've gotten some email over the last few months since the revelation about Camille's character being mm-hmm. gay first came out uh, that are just nasty, and they are hate, hateful, and they are bigoted, and they're people saying, you know, I don't need this garbage on my television screen. You just lost a viewer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that does not resonate with me at all. That's... Yeah. Uh, I find that to be incredibly shallow and close-minded for yeah. what it's worth. The, you know, the funny thing was, my favorite element of, of that episode was the relationship between Matthew Scott and his ex-girlfriend uh, and his son. I did mm-hmm. not see that coming, and I was like, wow, that's something else, you know? So there there were other things in that episode that I absolutely enjoyed, and that, that uh, plot was the one that I keyed on the most. Hmm to be perfectly honest with you. That's the one that bugged me the most, which is really interesting. Isn't that interesting? Because I found it just predictable and and cliché, the way (laughs) that he goes back and and the girl is a stripper and he offers her money and she says, oh, we're doing fine on our own, thanks, you can keep your money. Um, Yeah, I I didn't see that one coming, so I have to say... For all the times that you and I agree on the podcast, that would have been the one to take the gloves off on. So all in all, you liked life? I liked life. The more people that I hear about it, the more things that I'm hearing about it, frankly, I'm liking it less and less. But, you know, I really want to move on <laughs> to the next adventure. Yeah, it'll be interesting to uh, have, a, have a few weeks here after the first of the year to talk about the first half of Stargate Universe Season 1 as a whole mm-hmm. and uh, see how we think episodes like this fit into the bigger picture. Yeah, and the show has been so good, in my opinion, overall. The momentum has been so great. And and just going online and reading, you know, well, if you don't like our show, then you're not the audience that we're going for. That really, really gets under my skin. So maybe I'll just retire from online fandom for a little while because I want to enjoy this show. I'm thinking about it. Because when I sit down for for an hour every week and watch SGU... 
I really enjoy it, and it's it's uh, off to a good start, I think. I certainly have some things that I wish uh, were different and, and hope pick up uh, once the show has its footing under it a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I have my criticisms of SGU, but uh, I really enjoy it. And then I go online, and uh, all of a sudden it's not as much fun anymore because people have so many things to complain about from so many different angles. People have such a thin skin now. Let the show stand for what it is. If you enjoy it, great. If you don't enjoy it, you shouldn't feel censored because because you didn't enjoy an episode. Well, we thought that it was our favorite so far. Well, good for you. I didn't. The main discussion. Our main discussion topic tonight is sex on Stargate Universe. And joining David and I is FusedFilm.com's Kevin Call. Kevin, welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. It's hard to believe it's been 22 episodes since he's been with us. Yeah, it's been 22 quick episodes, though. You know, it didn't no. feel like that long ago. Tammy's, of course, probably just freaking out that we haven't had a, a girl in this week's discussion. But you know what? I mean, come on. Well, we are remiss, I think, to to pick a subject like this and have three guys talk about it. I, I confess right off the bat that uh, there's something wrong with that. Yeah, there's going to be some sexual se- sexual bias, I guess. That won't be that fair. Or some sexual tension. <laughs> That's true. It could be that. We'll see. But you know what? If we can get a, a female to host a, a, another Gate World podcast, I won't at all take an issue if she decides to have the exact same discussion topic and have it all women. Mm-hmm. So obviously when we're watching Stargate Universe, we've seen nine episodes of the show so far. Uh, Kevin, I think that you uh, were really excited about the show's premiere in that that long, all through the summer marketing period. Uh, have you enjoyed the show so far overall? I will give you guys a quick rundown. Uh, to, I guess, sum it up. Yeah, I'm enjoying the show. I, I'm enjoying it because it's it's different. It's it's some of what I expected. It's a lot of things that I didn't expect. Uh, I'm interested enough in the characters to where I want to see what happens to them. I feel what the creators and the writers and, and what they're trying to do with the Stargate universe. I, I, I like it. I like it. I enjoy it as a fan of sci-fi, as a fan of good quality television. and I, I enjoy the show. And, and unfortunately, there's not a lot out there, the 2009 new TV shows of 2009 that we're thankful for. Um, Glee was number one, but Stargate Universe actually made number four on our list. And, you know, there's there were some reasons for that. A, a lot of it is the cast. A lot of it is the style of the show. And, and, and being a longtime fan of Stargate, it's how different it is to what we've come to know. And I, I kind of have an appreciation for that because I have an appreciation for the risks that the creators took to get this show made. And, uh, you know, so as a fan of television and film first and of the genre second i have a lot of appreciation for that so yeah i'm enjoying the show um and i'm interested to to see where it continues to go so it definitely is a different show and and the use of of sex and the portrayal of sex on the show and the amount of sex on the show is uh yeah is a telltale of how different it is we never got anything remotely like this obviously on sg1 or atlantis which were which were more uh, light-hearted, more uh, action-driven, plot-driven. But here, this is about the characters. It's about their interactions. It's about uh, how they come together and and how they, in some cases, clash in very desperate 
extreme circumstances. So it's a mm-hmm. it's a more uh, realistic show. It's a it's a grittier show, whatever that means. And so it shouldn't surprise us that the writers decide to to have sex and actually kind of a lot of sex. But what do you guys think about that? I mean, I've I've said this I think to get it to Darren before, and I said this to you, Kevin, on the phone the other day. You know, I like mm-hmm. uh, me personally. I like sex in my sci-fi just about as much as I like hair in my food. When I come across <laughs> it, I slowly pull it out between my teeth. I, you know, I just, I put up with it until it's past the screen, you know? And we, as, as it's clearly been shown over, I mean, over the course of years and years of television, especially with I Love Lucy, I mean, you couldn't even say pregnant. You had to say expecting uh, you can read between the lines and still get the point across that something is going on. You don't necessarily have to show it. So now they are showing it. What do you guys think? You know, to be honest with you, I, I don't really have qualms either way. I understand the the evolution of sex and media and things like that. And, and you know, I'm trying to separate my personal religious and political and all those type of beliefs aside from my entertainment beliefs which is basically I understand the purpose for it uh, it's it's marketable um, you know the primary genre of science fiction has always been male and even in this in, and I don't think the Stargate universe is excluded in that you know and, and I think you know sex sells and sex and so does bring in eyeballs I mean, there, it may there, not necessarily the Stargate audience, but it definitely does. I think that there's a lot of things to be said about that. You know, sure, you know, they want to sell this show. Um, sex is a mainstream thing now. Um, it's everywhere. It's in our commercials. It's on our, t- you know, it's, it's even on the radio. Um, it, you know, it sells. And I think that there's a selling point there first. But there's also a storytelling point there as well. And, uh like as you mentioned, David, I, I think that there there was always those wink wink nudge nudges, but there was never the 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 actual showing of it. And you know, I'm gonna throw True Blood out there, the show that's on HBO. I one of the biggest turnoffs for that show was was the multitude of sex. Hmm. Um, like there's a random scene where one of the main characters is having sex with a girl uh, behind a dumpster outside the restaurant, and biggest thing about his character is he's a basically a nymphomaniac and you know so it was necessary to just continue that on his character but it was like i felt like it was completely unnecessary to show him and the position that he had the girl in and all this kind of stuff it was just it was gross like like there was no need for this yeah it was really yeah, so there's that's it. there's there's sex that that supports the storytelling i mean when you craft a character who's a, a nympho or Tammy and I talked again last week about the idea that maybe Lieutenant Scott on SGU could be a sex addict. I, I think to a degree uh, he is. I think that's his major flaw, and I think that's what the writers are trying to convey, that this is a guy who can't keep it in his pants. Yeah, you know? but there's, there's a difference between, uh, between sex that services the story in that way and mm-hmm. sex that's, that's just uh, unpleasant and uncomfortable. Uh, yeah, and and you mention a scene that's that's just not not pleasant to watch. Uh, whereas some sex scenes or or love making scenes can can actually be done rather Stimulating. well. Rather, <laughs> no, no, I mean rather beautifully. I mean you look sure. at you look at the the stuff with Lieutenant Scott and Chloe in the early scenes light. In, in light. And that's done, you know, it's very soft, very gentle, very... Um, it's sensual. Piano, it's, it's sensual, it's foreplay. We don't see them 
you know, going at it like he was going at it with Vanessa in the closet in Air Part 1. Um, that's sort of to contrast those two relationships. The first one with Vanessa was, you know, two officers getting it on uh, in the closet. And this is, uh, you know, a guy who's in love with a girl. And there's a difference there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Hi, my name is Russell and I'm from Baltimore. And uh, I'm a huge fan of both the show and the podcast. I think that the portrayal of sex in the show is actually a positive. It's really a breath of fresh air for a franchise and really does need to change things up and it needs a new face. But saying that, I miss the playful banter between McKay and Shepard or the quirky moments between Shepard and Ronan. It just seems like we've traded the humor of the previous shows for the quickies in the closet. I love the new show, but I wish they could incorporate more humor along with the you know the sadder character development moments and the uh, the sex scenes. I wanted to throw in a poll that that uh, we've been doing the last week at Gate World which the question is what is your opinion of the inclusion of sex on Stargate Universe? Uh some interesting poll results. Uh leading the charge with 33% of the vote, uh people say it's appropriate and well done. And then just behind that, 32% say I don't mind the sex but there's too much of it. Uh, 23% say it's not appropriate, and 12% don't have an opinion. Uh, what do you think of uh, the question of, well, maybe, maybe the sex is good, and maybe it's forwarding the story, supporting the story, but there's just too much of it. I mean, we saw Matt and Vanessa in the closet in Air Part 1. We saw Matt and Chloe in Light. Uh, mm-hmm. We saw Lisa Park uh, getting it on with a couple of different guys in Life last week. Yep. We saw uh, Colonel Young and his wife. Four or five episodes out of nine. Is that is that just too much? Me personally, no. I I think most of them were essential to what was going on in those particular episodes. Uh, the the sex with you know Colonel Young and his and his wife. It was a very important scene um, because of what we had seen with him previous to that, and then obviously what was going on in that last episode between. Uh, him and his wife, and then also Colonel Telford. You know, so I, I thought they were all necessary to what was going on. Um, you know, the the girl that was basically having sex with everybody she could on the ship. That was very necessary to what what she was, how she was coping with being away from home and being stuck on a ship. I mean, what else are you going to do? You're either going to freak out about it, or you're just going to you're going to find a way to cope with it. And I guess. You know, having sex with all the crew members is is something that she'd rather do. So, well, it's not just like a passing activity. It's it's a um, it's creating friction between the characters, right? And I'm 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 with you, Kevin. I I don't have a problem with it as long as it is servicing the story. You know, sure. as long as it is not in there to be gratuitous or as a ratings booster, uh, because these things do end up in trailers. They certainly threw a few of them in there for the SGU opening trailers that were premiered at Comic-Con. They yep. do use them. It's not like they're pretending that they don't exist because they certainly are a part of the story. And I'm going to try and quote this guy here. His name is Darko Suvin. He's a longtime science fiction critic. And and basically what he says in his quote here is that um, sexuality and gender and all those things, they, they basically, especially in sci-fi, they basically give us – a lot of imagination and and I think Darren you pointed that out in your article on on Gateworld the other day uh, talking about sex lies and body swapping and I couldn't agree with you more about how just sexuality in general um in these episodes the way we've seen it has 
allowed us to really think about it not just in terms of the show and the characters but also how how sex is in our own lives and and i think that's you know there's some merit to that you know hi this is dana from seattle um calling about the is there too much sex or is the sex badly handled type of question and whether or not there's too much of it i think well your mileage may vary on that one but i don't think it's been done badly because the writing is still really solid and the emotions being handled are really complex. The the situation with Young and his wife and Telford has been extremely intriguing and the uh, the situation with people using each other's or random strangers really bodies to see their loved ones for possibly the only time they will ever see them again, that's a profound science fiction question to rays that could never come up anywhere else and it's fascinating and we've also had complaints from various people about chloe and matt not knowing each other and jumping in the sack but they're in a really traumatic and bizarre situation and so it's natural for people to take comfort in each other and of course we wouldn't have seen all of the development of their relationship because we don't want to see that people don't want to sit there and watch the long, exhaustive courtship. So we can either assume that they've done all that and we just didn't have to see it all, or that they're jumping right in because they're in a life-or-death scenario, which makes perfect sense, and they're trumping up their emotions for each other because that's what people do when they are attracted to each other and desperately want to move forward when they have no reason to. It's a very solid bit of writing, and I don't think that there's anything wrong with exploring those areas of personal behavior that we haven't seen before on Stargate, really. It's not traditional Stargate, but it's still good science fiction. Sexuality is a huge part of of being human, for sure. And I I think that those uses of sex, when it's not just supporting a storyline, you know, Colonel Telford suddenly ending up underneath... Young's wife, uh, because of a of a plot device with the communication stones fritzing. I mean, it's not just character development. It's not just saying Matt and Chloe are in love. Character development, character development, character development. It's it's yeah. causing us to stop and ask questions about who we are as human beings and, uh, y- you know, what we would do if you were stuck on the destiny. If you didn't have any loved ones back home. If if uh, you did have loved ones back home. This thing with Colonel Young and TJ is really interesting to me. He has apparently had an affair with her in the past and is now stuck on the ship with her. And his wife knows it, knows about the affair, and is now convinced, uh, I think apparently because Telford was seeing Young's dreams, uh, is now convinced that he started the affair again. That's not just 90210, who's sleeping with who, drama mm-hmm. that's that's a really interesting question about about the way that sexuality plays into relationships well you've got those characters asking themselves you know how long are we supposed to waste before the gravity of our situation sinks in and all we have is each other out there on the ship mm. how long do yep. we wait before we decide well it's it may be 50 years it may be never before we get home we care about each other very much we are disconnected from our families let's give in I was going to raise a point too. Like, how is any of this different than what we've seen in other shows like Lost or Defying Gravity? Like, to me, there, it doesn't seem any different to me. And is is the fan controversy with some of the fans out there? Is it because it's so new to Stargate that, um, you know, we don't like they 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 
don't want to handle it in in a correct way or they don't want to be able they don't want to maybe that's not the right way to say it but like is it so new to stargate that they just don't want to accept it or they it's just hard to accept it for whatever reason because to me it doesn't seem any different than the way it's been handled on other shows previous to stargate universe you know yeah i think for a lot of fans it's the fact that the show is so different and this is something that they have have uh, been been coping with or or in some cases refusing to cope with over the course yeah. of this entire year when we've heard the show's going to be darker the show's going to be a character drama show's going to be gritty it's going to be uh, more adult um, some people have have kind of adjusted their expectations to that uh, sure so things like like uh, sex on the show doesn't surprise them necessarily and mm-hmm. other people have just had this this nagging fear that that everything the show was going to be was going to be 90210 was going to be a soap opera and uh so they're they're seeing the same scenes but they're they're looking at it from a, more of a pessimistic point of view about what the show is well you know i would say to those fans and and i don't you know I, and i want to exp- to give them a disclaimer really quick about me that that you know I don't speak for Gate World obviously and I don't represent completely fusefilm.com so I want you all to understand that one so if I say anything offensive that it's solely my opinion and nobody <laughs> else's <laughs> um, that being said it's like you know I kind of want to say just get over it like you know it's it's one of those things that like sex is is part of our lives in real life and like the soap opera stuff like life is a soap opera there's a lot of drama out there believe it or not like the littlest things could set somebody off and it's just it's there's a reason why those soap operas too on television have lasted so long you know well i may be pandering but you know kevin urination is part of our lives too but you don't need to see us urinating all the time in the in the shows to prove the point that is that, it for, that is i've always wondered why they don't like where do they go to the bathroom on the ship i've actually been wondering <laughs> that. like there, there hasn't been a, a, anything really addressing that like where are they where are they peeing you know <laughs> is, is is there a corner in the side of the destiny or is there an actual like facilities on the ship like they're I, peeing I, I, in those mist showers of theirs yes yeah, so maybe that's where, <laughs> they have ancient coffee cans. This is actually a good point. Urination is a part of human life and being human, and if you were trapped on an ancient spaceship, where would you go to the bathroom? That doesn't seem to be a question that television is interested in asking. Right, but sex is more interesting, obviously. Television is about relationships, and sex complicates relationships. It exists. Mm-hmm. It is there. Mm-hmm. You know, it is part of it. For better or worse, you know, this certainly may have been a part of our grandparents' culture, but it wasn't outspoken in their culture. It's outspoken in this one. Absolutely. It complicates Chloe and Matt and Vanessa's relationships for sure. Well, well, even Eli's too. I mean, he's sitting here seeing, you know, Matt and Chloe doing it. And, you know, he's obviously got a thing for Chloe. And how do you think that affects him being on the outside looking in? Like, he obviously wants to be that guy um, that, that Matt Scott is, you know. And so there's there's an affection there that, you know. Not only does he have some social problems in terms of, you know, it's hard for him to interact sometimes with people because, you know, that's his type of character, but, but also the whole sex thing. He, there's, there's one person on that ship he'd rather he, – he'd want to have sex with, and it's Chloe, and he can't. I wanted to mention Julia Benson really quick. Um, mm-hmm. What do you guys think of her, like, in her portrayal? I know because so much we talk about sex, the actual act of sex, but I think sex can also be looked at as – how somebody is viewed in terms of their sexuality and promiscuity and all those type of things. I think Julia Benson's a very sexy character, but I don't think that her representation in any way deviates from her being 
a soldier and being a uh, a person on that ship. You know, like I think there's a lot of substance to her besides her assets. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. But right now, she is the foil for Matthew Scott's character. I remember Darren saying in the episode Darkness when uh, the actress says the line, "I don't want to die out here." That was Darren caught on to that. He he really. I'm putting words in his mouth as he's sitting here. He liked that character because that was actually the first bit that we learned about that character besides the capabilities of her body parts. Yeah, J- Julia Benson's the the actress, very beautiful actress who yes. plays uh, Lieutenant Vanessa James on the show. Um, uh-huh. She was she was Willa, one of Lucius's buxom wives in the Atlantis episode, Irresistible. And uh, obviously, her her physical attributes were were used and and costumed in that episode very deliberately. Lack thereof. And so, uh, in darkness, we get this scene where apparently Eli and Sergeant Riley are using a kino to to uh, peep at her. And there's a there's a kino video on the web that actually takes that even farther, and uh, she discovers a kino in the corner eyeing her as she's. Uh, disrobing to get into the shower. Yeah. So, uh, and there there were criticisms about the way that the scene in Darkness was shot to to accent her bus line and all that. It's obviously it's uh, those guys are being peeping Tom. So you want yeah, to portray is... that 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 this is a, a beautiful woman who is currently out of uniform in her quarters. <laughs> I don't have any problem with that. Well, and there, you know, I think it shows the immaturity of Eli and and even Sergeant Riley that you know he's he probably doesn't get get a look at that, and neither does Eli. You know, like Eli and I have a lot in common. I can't say that I probably I probably would have done the exact same thing if I had the Kino. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, uh, at least I can admit it. You know, I'm man enough to admit that I probably would have done the exact same thing. You know, Porky's and Animal House. It's 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 cheesy and stupid, but you know it's. People, there's people out there in real life that would do something like that, and and I like the way she handled it. She she was ready to rough them up, you know. She she was not happy about that. And then Colonel Young, you saw what he how he handled the situation, you know. Disappointed. You are, yeah, he was disappointed, like you know. So it, it wasn't an issue of extreme sexuality or, or anything offensive. It was just two knuckleheads being immature. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And I do like her character, um, Lieutenant James, because she's not being portrayed as as just sort of the the ship sex kitten. Uh, yeah. I think it was a very good decision for life last week to have Lisa Park, who was sort of a, a buttoned-up scientist, scientist, civilian, to be the one who's kind of sleeping around. Vanessa, is she's got that Kino video where she's just extremely real and says, I don't want to die out here. Uh, she's got this other scene in Water where she comes back and, and tells Chloe that, that Matt is basically in trouble. Uh, I think that was a, a really stand-up thing for her character to do. So she, her character is being uh, fleshed out in a in a, an interesting, I think, three-dimensional way. Uh, not that she's mm. gotten a whole lot of screen time yet, but yeah. uh, she's she's not just the sex kitten prancing around the ship in her underwear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about the use of communication stones. Hopefully, without giving any spoilers for upcoming episodes. Communication stones have have uh, played a big part uh, and a big part in in sex. Uh, especially with with relation to Colonel Young and his wife, uh, in the episodes mm-hmm. that we've seen so far, but but there's more of that to come, and there's some some really interesting apl- implications in an upcoming episode called Sabotage. The characters haven't voiced it themselves, but you know we as viewers have certainly taken it upon ourselves to ask the questions. You know, what rights do you have, and what responsibilities do you have when you are occupying another person's body psychically? 
Uh, right. Is it is it just your body? Can you do with it whatever you want? Uh, it'd be one thing if everyone saw the real you on the other side, and you didn't impact that person's relationships on the other side by doing some of the things that you did, changing other people's perceptions of the person whose body that you are in. Uh, it's a sticky thing, man, and it seems like they need to create a prime directive or two to... Uh, to handle these kinds of issues, you know, when you when you jump into another person's body on the other side, do you need to sign a piece of paper on the dotted line that explains what you will and will not do and the consequences for perhaps losing your psychic transference privileges? Yeah, I think the fact that we're talking about it in this way and asking those questions, which are good questions and they're great things, like I think makes the whole communication stones thing just such a successful plot, plot device. device. Yeah. That, that the creators and writers have, have put into the show because we're asking those questions. That's a, a moral, physical, intellectual dilemma that, you know, frankly, I, I don't know if I want to have the answers to those questions because it furthers the interest uh, and situations that those characters are in. And, and that's yeah. obviously the goal of what this show's about, you know? I think it has been successful so far, but to be honest, I'm a little worried that those tough sci-fi questions are potentially going to be juggled away in the future. Okay. I think so. Uh, that maybe on the part of, of the writers, there's there's not necessarily as much concern about answering those questions. Not not answering, but but even even making those questions really, really relevant. Uh, I'm thinking of, of some interviews that I read from Ming-Na a couple of weeks ago before Life aired, and, and she made one or two statements in her interviews uh, when people were asking about about uh, sabotage this upcoming episode and the controversy and the use of communication stones to inhabit somebody else's body and what are the implications of of, of what you do with that body especially when you go and have sex with someone uh, mm-hmm. and and the comments were that I'm remembering are a little bit along the lines of of uh, that it's sort of uh, uh, from from this actress's perspective there's an unspoken agreement between the two people who swap bodies that uh, that those things just aren't an issue. You you basically g- give up your rights to what is is going to be done with your body for those hours or, or however long it is, uh, and in return you you basically get sovereign control over the other person's body. So basically saying it's not really an issue. And I don't know if if Brad and Rob and the writers would agree with that perspective. I hope not because it seems like there's a danger in, as I said, in juggling away these implications that are are really interesting questions to ask. These are questions that need to be asked. I mean, you have the the non-hardcore sci-fi audience who, I mean, I I love the Onion uh, sketch for (laughs) Star Trek XI, you know, where they make fun of the fact that Trekkies were bitching and moaning that Star Trek XI didn't ask hard questions, you know, that sci-fi is supposed to ask hard questions. Well, it's not supposed to ask hard questions, but, you know, it's nice when they do. I think that's what makes science fiction one of those speculative fictions. You know, I think that's I think that's a better way to call. Um, and actually, science fiction is a speculative fiction. I, I think SGU crosses more into that realm than than what we've come to believe and know what sci- of sci-fi. You know, it's it, it comments on things like civil rights and and counterculture and all those things. I think Asimov would be very proud of this show. Mm. What is up, Gate World? It's John from Tennessee. Alright, so as an evangelical Christian, I believe viewing other people doing it is wrong. I think it disrespects sex itself and the actors in the scene. Implied sex, on the other hand, is different. E.g. the end of Brainstorm with McKay and Keller. 
It's obvious what happened, but it wasn't a softcore porno like Air Part 1's infamous closet scene. While I wish it wasn't in circuit at all, if sex is a must, since this is a more adult show, I think it should be implied. It's just more classy that way, and explicit sex really doesn't enhance the storytelling. Well, let's talk about the communication stone use that we've seen so far. I mean, it's one thing to point out that the communication stones cause us to ask tough questions, and it's another thing to actually talk about that question and try and answer it. So uh, I want to try and get some answers out on the table. Young goes back, and he's in Telford's body, and he goes home and reconciles with his wife and, and makes love to her. Uh, aside from from the sci-fi element of the the FTL hiccup with the with the communication stones and and Telford suddenly being back in his body, um, he's he's using somebody else's body for you know who knows what uh, what sort of clearance he didn't go through, uh, what documents he didn't sign, uh, all the issues that that would be implied with STDs and pregnancy and uh, one thing that I think we talked about on that uh, podcast. Was that Earth, David? I believe so. One of the things that we talked about on that podcast was that it just creeps me out that Emily would be so willing to have sex with her husband's mind in somebody else's body. The fact that she was having sex with her husband, you know, you could look at it one of two ways. You know, yeah, they were making up and, and that she's, you know, she still loves him. You know, they were obviously having marital issues because of what we addressed earlier about his affair, him wanting to go back to duty and, and her not wanting it. all those all those personal issues going on between them. But maybe maybe she was reconciling knowing what the end game was going to be of them having sex, which is what he wanted not to make love to his wife, but maybe she just wanted to to use Telford's body as, you know, she's having sex with another individual that, you know, it is her husband in mind, but it's not her husband in body. You get what I'm saying? You know, I, I, I've heard Darren complain about this several times, and it it may be my perspective on this, or it may be Darren's lack of acceptability, but, you know, I look at that as, and maybe I, maybe I just perceive this in, in a much grander universal scale, but that is her husband. And the physical is not so important to me. The skin that may be making contact with her body is not, not so much important as the specific nuances that they perhaps have shared in their sexual encounters with one another. This is, this is clearly her husband in this other man's body because only her husband would know how to make love to her in such a way. Yeah, I disagree. My point was, was uh, that I tried to make before was that sex is such a very personal, very intimate, and very physical thing. It's very specific in its in its physicality that uh, even if you can completely convince yourself that, that it's your husband or wife's consciousness in there, uh, that you're not quote-unquote cheating, uh, the physical body is such an important part of human relationships and, and to the nth degree to, to sex that that I just, I could not imagine. What if Young's wife doesn't perceive sex in that way at all, and that's the way she's written? What if sex to her is just like, I'm not saying like a job or anything, but sex is just sex? That's what I'm saying. Darren and Emily Young clearly perceive sex in different ways. Either that, that, that or she has had something going on with Telford before, which has been established in more recent episodes. No. So. Right. And, and, and I mean, again, it's it, it, again, it makes for all these interesting questions that we're having. I think it's it's, it's it's cool. Whatever. It's awesome. It's awesome. 
<laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> what about Colonel Young? What about his responsibility to Telford and, T- and Telford's body to go and do this with it? I tend to stand on the line of, of Ming-Na where you know, the, there's got to be if, – if it's never mentioned in the show, if it never comes up in the show – like for instance, this this episode coming up, then it's got to be some kind of unspoken thing where, when you transfer bodies, you have complete what was the word you used autonomy of that body, and you can do pretty much whatever you want that you would do within your normal body. I'm not saying you're gonna go rob a bank, you know, and you're gonna get fingerprinted and you're gonna have so, a you're gonna have a record. But if this is your only opportunity to make love with your loved one, be it man or woman, woman or man, uh, that is up to that couple. And if you place, particularly if you're if you're at the Pentagon on Earth, if you place yourself in that situation, you must accept the fact that anything could happen to you once you are out of your own body. Anything could happen to you. I mean, that's that's really what it is. You, you think that by going in and using a communication stone in Telford's case, because he's highly motivated to get onto the destiny, uh, as we've seen, he wants to be there. He wants to be in command. Uh, you think that that, that is is a, a sufficient trade-off, for lack of a better word, to to basically, I mean, his body could uh, he could get somebody pregnant, he could get an STD, he could get his hand broken. All I'm saying could... is that he is making he has made his choice clear. He sits in that communication room, sits in that chair, he toggles that stone to connect to himself, and he knows that that's it. His only mission is the ship. And I think he's willing to let whatever else happen happen. I think Homeworld Command needs some serious rules. Yeah, that's it's interesting. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just think that uh, I, right now I, I kind of have to side with David and and Ming Na, and and that you know it's you know you just kind of have to assume that you know that the body is not important. It's just that it's just not you know. That's a very enlightened way of looking. All at bets it. I don't are think off. Ready for that, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I don't like to say that because, you know, I think this raises that conundrum that we were saying that, that maybe is you know is the mind the mind being separate from the body is it more is the mind more important in this case and that once the mind is in that other person's body, um, that mind is making that those decisions and that that mind owns that body the body is just a vehicle for the mind. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I I think that there's a lot of philosophical questions there that 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 in philosophy since you know before our time is that these are questions that have been asked and there's so many different perspective and answers on it and um yeah i don't know it made I, me think of like using property you know your body yeah. is your your property and i thought of this this afternoon when i came home i entrusted my my home to my next door neighbors for several days uh, nice. for almost almost 10 days mm-hmm. and it took me a half an hour to get over the fact that though the house was completely perfect nothing was touched they used up all of my ketchup <laughs> now oh, they wow. used up all of my ketchup so would you guys allow yourselves never mind the enormous benefits of going to the ship and, and being able to experience another person's body from billions of light years away from earth would you allow yourselves to be subject to these communication stones knowing that when you get back the ketchup might all be gone your body may have been used to do something <laughs> absolutely outrageous that's a deleted scene that I would love to see Telford coming home and opening up his refrigerator that bastard ate all my ketchup well even like you know the girl who who Chloe used the body and got 
all hung over at that party and stuff oh, like drinkers. Man. You know, like can you imagine like like you know the communication stones were severed and she's back on the destiny and that girl's got a massive hangover. You know, it's like what the crap. You know, yeah. or wakes up naked in some stranger's bed. Right. You never know. Well, it made for just a jaw-dropping scene. It made for one of the greatest moments on the show so far. And it made for some great questions to be asked. Yeah, but I do think that I'm coming down differently from you guys on this, maybe because of my my sort of, of metaphysical view of what a person is. And um, your marriage, perhaps? And my marriage, but just the fact that, that uh, it's it's really common today for people to think about who you are as a person is is the intangible it's your consciousness it's your mind it's your soul it's your spirit all of these wrapped up but but that that just inhabits a body and the body is is transitive and temporary and passing away and uh your body is something it's like you said it's a possession that that you you have that you own that you work with it's not who you are my metaphysical worldview is more along the lines of you are you're not a soul with a body. You are a soul and a body. You are an enfleshed soul. That's the way yeah, you were I mean, created. I'm kind of on the fence here because, you know, <laughs> I, I look at the philosophical issues and, and, like, I'm a Catholic. I'm a Christian, and I know what I'm supposed to think in, religiously about this. And it actually, like... It goes with you know with what you were saying, Darren, that we are we are a mind and a body. I'm caught in the middle of this, and I, I really don't know what to think. And it's, it's driving me crazy that we're having this conversation, which is why I wanted to come on and, and talk about these things because I think I think it just makes for such an interesting uh, topic. So. Well, there are no right answers. There really yeah. isn't. But yeah, I mean, I do believe that your body is your temple, and that you need to take care of it. Um, and does your responsibility end? with your body when you're in someone else's body. Or does your responsibility go greater, the fact that you are using somebody else's body? It's like renting a car. Yeah. Do you need to purchase insurance? I'm going right. to beat the hell out of this thing. Yeah. <laughs> there's there's going to be no repercussions. Who cares? You know, it's like, because it's not my body. You know, you know, a lot of people have that mentality, you know, these days. Like, it's not mine, so I don't have to take care of it, you know? I'll that's eat why well I let, my next life. That's why I don't let people borrow my DVDs and stuff anymore. In college, I never let them do it because it's like, you know, I know you're not going to take care of it. You know, I'm going to walk in your place and my DVD is going to be out of the case and on the side that's going to get scratched. And you only get one of your bodies. You can always go out and buy yeah. another DVD. That is the other conundrum is that, you know, we only get one one body. So that's that sucks. Well, thanks to Kevin Call from FuseFilm.com for joining us for this week's discussion. We have a little bit of listener mail still to get to. Let's listen to that. Hi, guys. This is Thomas from Ontario. I'm calling about the chair that they found in life. Personally, I think uh, Spencer is going to be the one who gets sent into the chair. You guys already got mental issues, and they're just looking for a scapegoat. So I think there's going to be some sort of vote. Everyone's going to vote for him because no one likes him because he picked on everyone while he's being a drill sergeant. And he's going to get drilled into him, and that's how they're going to get rid of him because I don't think they're going to keep him around that long. He's too much fun to scat, to write vote. Spencer will be voted into the... What do you think about that? How can you do that to someone? Yeah, Colonel Young, at least, doesn't seem to be the sort who is going to order someone to... Basically, as far as we know, their death. The only way to get that sort of ancient knowledge out of your head is the Asgard, as far as we know. I honestly don't know what's going to happen when someone plugs into that chair, and as far as I'm concerned, that's great. <laughs> yeah, I'm really interested to see who it's going to be, because it's going to be someone. Of course. Greer's already raised his hand, so he may just find his way in it. I wonder how serious he was. I've read some comments 
from uh, some people who viewed his statement there as being basically in jest. Well, this Friday on Sci-Fi, we'll be watching Justice, the 10th and final episode of SGU for 2009. What's this week's listener question? We want you to call us in on the hotline and tell us what you think of the new episode. Again, it's Justice, and we'll be talking about this on December the 9th. Call us in at the hotline at 951-262-1647. That's a brand new number, 951-262-1647. And then on December the 16th... We will come back around and have our last podcast of the year. We'll look at uh, Stargate 2009 Year in Review. That's everything from the finale of Stargate Atlantis all the way back in January to Justice. So the first half of SGU Season 1. It's been a big year. It's been a year of a lot of waiting. I've enjoyed this show so far, and it's it's been worth the wait, in my opinion. I hope it continues to stay that way. I apologize for not being on next week. I will be in Vancouver working on a special secret project that I don't think we're authorized to announce yet. No, but it's very um, special. It's very yeah. secret, and it's very cool. Hopefully we'll get to talk about it soon. GateWorld was tapped to help out with some work, and I... Uh, raised my hand and said, I can come up and help. So uh, I'm going to be in Vancouver for 10 days uh, working on uh, a little uh, documentary for GateWorld and and, uh, some other odds and ends. So I'll be back uh, for the uh, December 16th podcast. And you'll have fun. I sure hope to. I'm going to work my ass off. Then we're going to take a couple weeks off, uh, just like we did last year for the holiday season. I think 50 episodes of the podcast in a year is a nice round number. I do, too. I'm not going to be taking the holidays off. I'm going to be moving to St. Louis for this one. Yeah, you'll have other things to do. And I'm sure we'll talk about the first half of SGU quite a bit in our year in review. But uh, when we come back in January, we'll specifically have a show that is SGU so far, where David and I will sort of pick apart uh, the first ten episodes and, and, and really... I'd like to to look critically at at the things about the show that are completely living up to my expectations that I'm just loving and those that are not. Take this opportunity while we're on break to rewatch the episodes for yourself to get ready to call in for some comments Mm -hmm. or or to just be engaged in the discussion with us. Yeah, that's something for sure that I want to do. I want to watch all 10 before we have that that, uh, SGU recap podcast in January. And uh, if you don't have them on your DVR or iTunes or something like that, uh, Sci-Fi Channel is running an all-day marathon. You can watch all ten episodes back-to-back on Christmas Day. Because when you're together as a family celebrating the birth of Christ, that's what you want to do. So thanks again to Kevin. Awesome show. Thanks, Kevin. He's the most articulated ever. Wasn't he brilliant? He was great. Well, that's our show for this week. Come back next week and talk with us again. Be sure and call the podcast hotline if you've got some thoughts on justice. And from GateWorld, this is Darren. This is David. We'll see you back here next week for more of the GateWorld podcast. Well, you'll see him. That's right. Come on, how many guys do you know make love? Let's talk about sex.